an undisclosed location in Las Vegas, Nevada, as a listener kindly reminded me of my mentions last week. And thank you, because I've been saying it improperly the whole time. Jim McBride of the Boston Globe, Andrew Callahan, here Pat's Interference. So we have hit the road for joint practices, drinking on a Wednesday, Pat's and beers. For those on YouTube can obviously see, I've got an Alaskan amber. And I think you, as you kindly put it to yourself, pulling a Malden here with a, a little with, Bud Light action. A little Bud Light action. All right. <laughs> Jim, uh, always a great drinking partner on the road, which we haven't done this for, obviously, two, three years. Yeah. You were on the road in 2020, the only guy during the whole pandemic season. I think you, so my only to, friend right here. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Suffice to say, this is better. This is much better. I love having, uh, I love having you guys on the, on the road and you know, it's just, it's a lot of fun. It's, it makes things go by fast. We bounce ideas off each other. Yeah. We talk about things that we missed at practice that you saw that I didn't, that I saw that you didn't. And it's just, uh, it just makes it, it just makes everything good. Yeah. You know, like I've always said, this is a, a really competitive beat, but we're, I think we're all professional and we're all friends and that mm-hmm. makes uh makes coming to work every day pretty good. Yeah. And some of us run off and go national like Jeff Howe's not here anymore. We're going to pour one out for him. The Memorial Jeff Howe beer. I'm not sure how many people actually really like Jeff Howe. <laughs> Except for myself. Yeah. Because of course, Jeff would be here drinking with us if exactly. he was still on the this team. This would be a three-man pod. Yeah. He's off uh, to the, like the 30th and 31st NFL markets that he hasn't seen so far this summer. But we're here in Vegas. Jeff was actually here in Vegas a couple of weeks ago. Um, joint practices. I, I think we could gloss over the major themes from the last two days and then get into what we really officially learned because part of me wants to just zoom out and go training camp's over, you know, yeah. like it's been a long three plus four plus again, time is starting to lose meaning here. Weeks of Patriots football. There's a lot. Like I yeah. went super granular in my report. You have your report of what happened, but when you think just about how you would summarize to someone back home, Hey, what was joint practices? Like you would say what? I would say that, you know, that this this particular joint practice, I thought, got off, got off to a slow start yesterday. And mm-hmm. I was trying to, I thought it was a, there was a lot of, a lot made about the Patriots slow start, but I thought both teams kind of lacked energy yesterday. And I don't know if it was because they both flew cross country Sunday, you know, the, the, the Raiders were in Miami, mm-hmm. Patriots were obviously in New England and the heat and whether it was just, it was just no energy. I was expecting a lot more energy. I think we got that today. Yeah. Um, which was good. And I think that's what led to, you know, poor performances by the offense yesterday until late. Um, and I think it was, you know, I don't know if it was uh, Hunter Henry or, or Mac that addressed that today, that they, they even they recognized, yeah, we started off slow. We picked things up. Um, we certainly picked that up despite our, you know, uh, not, not great viewing vantage uh, in, in Henderson, Nevada, but um, yeah, I think it was a combination of me jet lag and heat and maybe the excitement and, they didn't live up to that excitement. Like you build up like a, a big party or something and yeah. it kind of falls flat. Two days in Vegas paid for it gets built up pretty easily for yeah. us or for them. Exactly. And, and when it doesn't go to plan, you're like, am I doing Vegas wrong? Right. Right. And I think that both those teams did Vegas wrong yesterday. Yeah. And they made up for it today. You know, mm-hmm. uh, Devante Adams, notwithstanding, he was outstanding God. both days. Um, that guy, you know, watching him on film and watching him on TV over the years, you, you knew he was a great player, but watching him up close, and he was like, we got to see the Raiders up close more than the Patriots because they were on the further field for the most part. Um, but he's special. He's he's special. Yeah, for our view, for people who are not in Vegas, we are in a deep corner of these three sets of fields. Mm-hmm. And so the Raiders are on the nearest one. The Patriots are offering in the middle one. And then they occasionally, I don't even know if they use the farthest field, really, because you don't need it. Even yeah, for joint practice. I think there was some uh, interior line drills yeah. down there and, you know, with with three fields away and the mass of humanity, you know, these 
football players that are gigantic. Right. You couldn't see any of them. So yeah. It was tough. So we're standing, we're collaborating. We had a very collaborative process as yes. we were trying to determine what happened, yes. but they ran team, team drills in the middle field. So yeah. you have a, the Patriots on the near sideline, Raiders on the far one. So you're trying to chart what happens. And sometimes you just see a football fly over seemingly out of someone's head and land in the opposite end. Yeah. Whenever that would happen and it landed towards Devontae Adams, He's tearing up the Patriots secondary. Yeah. And that, and that's not to say the Patriots secondary performed poorly. It's just Devontae Adams is a five-time pro bowler and two-time all pro. Yeah. And to see him that up close, as you were saying, it was like an artist at work because his yeah. releases, he makes all of the complicated things look so easy and seamless that there's just nothing you can do about it from a defensive standpoint. Yeah. If you ever wanted to make fun of the NFL draft, look at Devontae Adams, fifth round. How did that guy last to the fifth round? I know Brady's kind of the poster child, but, but Devontae Adams, fifth round. Was he fifth? I think he was fifth round, and he's just – We're going to look this up here. Yeah, but let's I, look it up. Yeah. I think um, I was talking to Bob Sosi, uh, the voice of the Patriots today, about this, and I, I think he discovered that he was a fifth round. And I hate to I hate to doubt Bob Sosi, um, yeah. who I brought up a few times in this podcast, but we look up Devontae Adams' um, draft stock. I think – the other part of what you were saying, slow start on Tuesday, picked up on Wednesday. Wednesday was pretty even. Like, I think it's yeah. fair to say the Raiders had the upper hand on Tuesday, offensively and defensively. And the only reason you would question that is because the Patriots finished really well. Two-minute drill. We yeah. all wrote about it on Tuesday. Yep. And there's this always, whether it's a regular season game or a practice, oh, can you carry that over and have some momentum day-to-day when these guys know, like, I'm going to go to bed tonight. I'm going to have yeah. dinner. I'm going to wake up. Like, I'm not carrying that with me right. through all those meals and downtime. Um, I think us as writers, we carry it more. Yeah, that was our storyline, and you know, as quick as they want to forget about it, we have to too because it's a it's a new day. Right, and so they didn't carry it over, whether that was real or fake, because yep. their first drive, nine snaps, you had three sacks, you had a throwaway, two screens that just sent Jacoby Myers like straight to the ground. He gets smoked, yep. and. You go, okay, this is back in serious trouble. But from then on out, Mac Jones, I had him 17 to 21, a lot of dink and dunk diet. And it worked, though, because the pass rush was the biggest problem there with Chandler Jones and Max Crosby, who were really freaking good to be expected. But that's why I would give the Patriots, if you're going to pick a team, the edge today, Wednesday, as we record, even though it was largely an even day. Yeah, I would agree. Yeah, I think the Patriots picked it up. Um, Yeah, and I I think we all had the same kind of feeling when, when they came out a little flat at the beginning today, but they turned it around quick. Um, and you know, maybe that's Mac, maybe that's Max leadership saying something or, or some of the older guys like, the, like Devin, like we're not going to have another day like yesterday, but, um, even when we talked to Devin yesterday, he wasn't as down about yesterday's practice as yeah. some of the younger guys were, or, you know, or, or frustrated because, you know, he's been in the league for, you know, 14 years or so. So he knows he's been through bad practices. He's bounced back. And, you know, as always, he's kind of the the lighthouse, the beacon of this team. And I think they look to him and they say, well, if Devin's not sweating this, maybe we shouldn't either. Yeah, Devontae Adams, second round. Second round. Fresno State, I was doing the Derek Carr second round because he went 34th overall, 53rd overall. We got to talk to Bob then. Yeah, maybe, maybe, you know, tough viewing in that day. Maybe he didn't have his glasses on. (laughs) I was a little surprised too. I was like, and I've been saying it all day. So I've been telling people all day that, Devontae Adams was a fifth round pick. So, you know, um, and he only just started drinking as we've seen. So. <laughs> <laughs> um, but so, again, zooming out for the last two days, I think it's important to note that when we're reporting on a practice like Tuesday and Wednesday, and I called it one of the most troublesome practices offensively, because that's exactly what it was this late in the season against a quality team to look as they did when Mac is eight of 18 until that final two minute drill with an interception, that's unacceptable for a yeah. team that wants to play above 500 ball and compete for probably a wild card spot and more, they play much better in that two minute drill. They play better today. So I think my ultimate, if we're picking one offensive takeaway and one defensive takeaway, 
the offense is still what we thought it was coming into the week, Mm -hmm. but I think it avoids what our initial takeaway was up until that two minute drill on Tuesday, which is they're in real trouble. Like the trouble is still looming, but it's kind of backed away here a little bit. And I think you have two weeks to figure things out before you get to Miami. Yeah. I think that, you know, obviously they're, they're running the Shanahan, you know, scheme and it's, it's zone blocking and that's going to take some getting used to, right. Especially, you know, with with guys that have been established in, in other other areas. But there's too much talent on that offensive line. You know, like yeah. you look at the offensive line and say it's not great, but then you think about it and you're like, Trent Brown's a really good tackle. Isaiah Wynn, above average, maybe? You know, Went healthy, yeah, went healthy. at left tackle. Uh, Cole Strange has been solid. David Andrews is a, is a good player. And Mike Unwenu has been bounced around in several different spots. I mean, he ended up yeah. playing tackle uh, Friday night against the Panthers. But – We've seen flashes where he's a really good player. So there's talent on that on that starting five when they're all healthy. To think that they weren't going to figure this out is is kind of a naive because they they're just that there's that that much talent I think. So um, not as not as concerned as maybe I was earlier because I think they'll figure it out. Um, so yeah, I think that that you know they're going to rely on some on running early, and I think they'll get that straightened out. And then we'll see what happens. You know, this, like like many Patriots teams in the past, they have a lot of questions at receiver. Like, this could be a really deep receiving group mm-hmm. if everything goes well. Yeah. But if it doesn't, it could be a terrible receiving group. Well, and the so, interesting part, you mentioned the offensive line, because I would agree with you. There's a lot of talent there, and I think this summer has underperformed. Now, yes. you could explain that, you know, underperformance by saying they're undergoing more scheme change and adjustment than anyone else on that offense, including Mac Jones, because they're dealing with changes in pass protection, running schemes, their terminology changes. Like the receivers, they're largely okay. The drop back passing game, McDaniels, we talked to today, is like, yeah. I recognize most of that. That's pretty familiar. Yeah. But you've got a lot of changes for a guy like David Andrews. And I think if they fall apart or struggle, that is not just a ripple effect. It just kind of undercuts everything you want to do offensively because you lose the line of scrimmage. You lose everything. And some of their solutions so far has been to run the RPO game, which Miami, we saw last year, ran more RPOs than anyone else in the NFL because they had the worst offensive line and an yeah. accurate quarterback in Tua, but it didn't solve all of their problems, you know? So it's, it'll be interesting to see how much of the new scheme they maybe turn to before they want to, because you're trying to get the offensive line up to speed. Yeah, absolutely. But I, I, I do think, you know, it's, it's funny. I, I keep going back to the, to the end of yesterday's practice and the end of today's practice where they really shine. Mm-hmm. And Mac was making this analogy, like, look, you can stink for 50 you know, five minutes in a game, but if it's tied or you're within a, a one score game and you run down and you, you run efficiently and you score one of those walk-off touchdowns, well, basically nobody gives a crap that you stunk for the first 55 yeah. minutes. And those were the great things about joint practices. Cause you can set up those situations. I thought you were going to say the great things about Tom Brady. Cause yes, they were. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like chance you, with them at the end. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah. um, you know, I think that that bodes well that they were able to perform. Now, yeah, it's troubling that they weren't able to perform at a high level throughout practice, but when push came to shove, they really did. They So, you know, I think that can be taken as an encouraging sign. Yeah, okay, so offensive line, there's some encouragement there. Offensively, I think they are what we've been reporting the last three yeah. and a half, four weeks, which should be not too surprising because we're not making things up when we go to practice. Right. And if we were, they'd be a lot more entertaining than they yeah. had another bad day. Right. Um, but the other part about, you can kind of stink for 55 minutes and then jump on those last five high leverage moments and win the game is true only if your defense is carrying that water for 55 minutes. Yeah. And from their standpoint, they had a pretty good day on Tuesday. Though, again, the Devontae Adams thing is like, yeah, just he, what can you do? You're not scheming against him. Like, right. He's I mean, gonna win no one's catching. Ones. No one's 
no one's winning in a tie game against Devante one-on-one. Mm-hmm. Like, you're going to have to have help. Like no one's shutting him down. I would have loved to have seen prime Stefan Gilmore yeah. against prime uh, Devante Parker, but you know, I, I'm, excuse me, Devante Adams, but we didn't get that, but yeah, he's, he's, he's the outlier. Right. Yeah. And, and I thought about this yesterday. If he got hurt, they could be in trouble because Derek Carr looks for him an awful lot. Like he's like, and, and rightfully so he's, he's the best receiver in the league. Um, but there's, there's not a ton after him. I mean, there's Hunter Renfro, but if you take that deep threat away, yeah, maybe you can shut Hunter, uh, uh, you know, you can concentrate on him underneath. So, um, yeah, Devontae's special, but the defense, the Patriots defense played well, I thought, the last two days. Yeah, and it would have been interesting, too, to see a little bit more of Darren Waller, who was hurt the last two days, yeah. because then you get the kind of Kyle Duggar and Adrian Phillips in one-on-ones, because they're going to be on the field a lot as this team plays a base nickel, and preferably with their three safeties, because you go, okay, who's our third best safety? Kyle Tucker, Adrian Phillips, pick one. And then who's our third best corner? And you're kind of in a conversation about Miles Bryant or Marcus Jones. Like clearly you'd rather have Phillips or Duggar on the field, and if not, um, then the nickel. But but overall, this defense, the bellwether for me in practice in terms of how well they were doing or how poorly was the pass rush. Like Matt Judon was excellent both yep. of these days, and he kept them afloat. He had a sack, a run stuff, and a pass breakup all in one series Same today series. alone. Yeah. Yep. yeah. Yep. And then yesterday has multiple run stuffs in a sack. So when he's playing, which is not a huge statement, your best players playing at their best, you're going to do okay. And yep. I think that was the biggest takeaway I had, even granted the Raiders offensive line isn't great because there's a chance this defense can tread water. And that's, that's a, a necessity for the season to go anywhere, mm-hmm. but B it's feels like they're ahead of schedule considering his play and Jalen, Jalen Mills. Yeah. And I thought that that was kind of an underplayed storyline throughout camp. Like the, the concerns day in and day out were, the offense is the new offense, the streamlined offense yeah. is struggling. All of the synonyms. Monday is streamlined, yeah. hybrid. Like. Struggling on Tuesday, struggling on Wednesday. But no one brought up the fact that defense is pretty good. Like, you know, and, and obviously sometimes in practices, things are set up to make one side or the other look better. The coaches say, you know, we we need yeah. the defense, defense's confidence built. So we're going to tell them basically what the offense is running. But in the straight, you know, ones versus ones, the defense played really well. So I was interested first with the Carolina practices and now now to, and now with the Raiders to see how they performed against someone they didn't see every single yeah. day. And I thought that they held up and they they played really well. So it was kind of that glass half full. Like, is the is the Patriots defense so good because the offense is struggling? Right. Or are they legitimately a good thing? And I think we answered that question in the last two weeks that this is, can be a legitimately good unit. Um, Matthew Judon. Obviously, he tailed off at the end of last year. I think there was an injury that we didn't really have the full and coming off of COVID. One about it, yeah, yeah. And he had COVID. Um, but if he can stay healthy all year, he's going to keep that defense competitive, and yeah. uh, he can wreck a game. Yeah. And we saw him wreck a practice today. You know? Yeah, so one and a half, basically, including yesterday. Yeah. But yeah. I think let's let's stay with the defense end because we'll get to the offensive conversation, which is dominated the conversation all of camp, including on this podcast, because, you know, on the rundown, one thing I wanted to ask you is what's something that hasn't gotten enough attention in camp? And it's, it sounds like you already answered that as far as the defense goes, or maybe a Jalen Mills conversation, or is there another piece of the defense that stood out to you? Yeah. I think a guy that, you know, and he's done this in the past, but I think uh, Josh Uche, mm-hmm. you know, and, you know, uh, Bill and Steve Belichick both hinted at this earlier this year that, you know, when asked about him, is he an important part of the defense? And he's shown flashes, but for whatever reason, yeah, here, there, or whatever, he hasn't been able to consistently stay on the field or consistently produce. I mean, last year, 
he started that first three games, three or four games with his hair on fire. He mm-hmm. had like two and a half sacks or three and a half sacks. And, you know, then he petered off, um, you know, whether that was a, a product of, of the defense, they were running different schemes and he didn't fit it. I don't know. But the fact that they said he's going to be an integral part of the defense and he's flashed a lot this summer, I think off the edge. It's, it's such a tease. Cause like exactly. you, you rewind the tape to what we're writing and talking about last year. And it's the same conversation and fairly so because yeah. I'm writing a bull predictions column at the end of training camp going, he's going to have 10 sacks. And that's not, again, to seek any sort of attention. It's what I thought and we believed looking at him in one-on-one pass rush, wrecking the Giants at the end of those joint practices when Mac Jones is winning the job. And you're yep. going, well, Josh Uche might be winning a job, even with Hightower and Kyle Van Noy here. Yep. The interesting part and the reason why you still might believe here in year three, where we don't we don't have year three breakouts, we have year two breakouts, right. is Josh Uche came in, of course, during the COVID season. Mm-hmm. So he didn't have a preseason. He didn't have an offseason at first. And then he comes back around in 2021. Okay, he makes a smaller year two leap. But then he's kind of backlogged with the guys I just mentioned, Hightower, buried. Van Noy, buried. Yeah. And if you're not performing in your specialized third down role or Bill gets upset that you didn't set an edge properly or a lot of scramble or whatever it might have been, he has no reason to give you a second chance because he's got solid veteran depth. three veterans ahead of you that right. he knows aren't going to make those mistakes. So he, Physically, they might not be up to the task like yeah. they were when they're younger, but they're not going to make the mental mistakes. And that's what's going to drive Bill or any coach crazy. Right? Yeah. Mental it, stuff. So. In his rookie year, he had the opportunity because they just had all those guys opt out or get hurt, and so he's playing. Second year, he's probably more refined and has the ability, but the opportunity is not there. And now I think you have a meeting of both of them where you're going, you have a chance here, or Anthony Jennings, who's in the same boat as a 2020 draft pick, to come in and go rise atop the depth chart, maybe even start opposite Matt Judon, or play a lot on third down. And that's why I think you could say we're suckers for more flashes in training camp, but... Uh, it's it's really up to Josh Uche if he wants to see the job or not. Yeah, and I think uh, I'm glad you brought up Jennings because he's kind of he was kind of my one A when when you, when we're talking about this subject because Uche as we've talked about, but Jennings he's played a lot this summer um, and he's been able to set the edge against the run, which not a lot of not a ton of linebackers can do. You're kind of looking at your defensive end, your yeah. your bigger guy to kind of set that edge against the run. Jennings is there, and you know I asked uh, Bill about him on Monday and. He he made it really simply. He said, "Look, the big thing for Anthony is he's here every day, you know." And the, and one of the cliches that the Patriots like to use is stacking days together about in the yeah. summer, right? Stacking yeah. days, stacking days. He hasn't been able to stack days in two years. Mm-hmm. This year, he's stacking days and he's making a difference. Um, you know, this is a guy that was probably a really early round draft pick had he not had that catastrophic knee injury at Alabama. Yeah. Um, so they they drafted him in whatever round it was, the third or fourth. Third round. We got third, this one. Not yeah, a Devontae Adams fifth rounder. <laughs> third round, which I think a lot of people thought was a reach because yeah. of that injury. Right. Um, but now it might be like this guy's worthy of a third round pick because here's what here's what he was before the injury and here's what he can be now. Um, so I, I I like him. And that was the same draft class, right? Uche and, and yeah, 2020. Yeah, yeah. So you might be getting some real benefit out of that draft class two years later. Yeah, and I'd be curious to see that across the NFL, which we don't really have the time because the Patriots have a habit of keeping us busy here on the beat, yeah. year in and year out, or even on their off days. But it's, you know, you talk about the perception that Jennings might have been a draft bust. And the thing that has my attention that hasn't gotten as much attention, I think, because he's just been plugged in from day one, he's starting at left guard, and you kind of forget about him as Cole Strange. And part of this is the nature of his position, right? Like we can't write 20 different articles about offensive line play and not lose readership. But the the importance of Cole Strange is not so much 
his play. It's just how his play affects Mac Jones, right? Because yeah. Mac Jones is a pocket-bound quarterback. I've talked about this at length. And what the Patriots might have, stepping back from just Cole Strange, who's going to have rookie moments. Sure. They might have, depending on how their, their offensive line shakes out, a rookie at left guard, and then someone perhaps replacing Mike Onwenu at right guard. I'm not ready to go there yet, but like Mike Onwenu has been fine at right guard. I just also still might believe he's better at right tackle. At which point, if the Patriots arrive at that decision, say next week or week two or week three or week four, depending on Isaiah Wynn's status, who's he's apparently on the trade block, you're dealing with a rookie and then someone who hasn't been practicing at right guard for very long. So like the interior protection for Mac Jones to me has not gotten as much attention, but I think you see it even in yesterday's practice on Tuesday where he's, He's kind of spooked at yeah. the live rush. And you saw it against Carolina. And for a reason that I think has a lot to do with that interior line. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, he's he's made some quick decisions about, about getting out of the pocket and running. We yeah. saw, I, I don't know, like, I'm sure you noticed it today, too. One of the, that's his scramble plays today. He was like Usain Bolt going yeah, down the sideline. I've never seen, out of two it. years, yeah. never seen Mac Jones run so fast. So, um, and, you know, we don't know. We think it wasn't a design run because, you know, Max even said himself, look, the plan's not for me to run. No. Yeah. And like, we know that um, it doesn't, you know, you don't have to be a genius to figure that out. But yeah, there's going to be times where he's going to have to buy more time in the pocket because, he, like you said, he's he's a pocket passer. He's not he's not an RPO guy, even though we've seen him run some of those. But I don't yeah. think that's his most. I don't think you get the most production out of Mac Jones if you're running a ton of RPOs like he would for two or, or, or even Josh Allen. Um, so. Yeah, they've got to protect. Yeah, him. he certainly doesn't have the running threat component of that. Like your menu yeah. of RPO is a little bit more limited. It's better to get it out. You know, we're going to hand it off or just throw the slant yeah. or the go or whatever it might be. And I'm not saying day. Josh Allen is a speedster, but he's but so we, big. Yeah, we saw know, what he did right twice I mean, against Patriots. He's yeah. big enough to 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 pull that role off, even though he might not be the classic dual threat sized quarterback. He's yeah. you know he's a transformer. Yeah. what he is so. okay let's go from talking about what we had in vegas to kind of um things that haven't gotten as much attention in training camp to like the thing that has gotten the most attention in training camp which is obviously the offense scale one to ten your concern level right now as we have about one and a half weeks before the pats kick off in Miami. yeah i'm gonna go right down the middle and say five yeah like uh just because i think they have i think they have enough the ability to run the ball and kind of you know put a little perfume on a pig for a while until it's completely straightened out um, or until the streamlined offense is, is running at a more efficient level. So, you know, I, you could, you could, you could probably make a case for higher or lower. So that's why, you know, in Vegas, I'm going to split it right down the middle. <laughs> well, uh, I'm going to show What's you your concern. My concern level is I'm having a second beer as we talk about the <laughs> offense, and that, that should tell you everything you need to know. No. Hey, guys, just a quick break to remind you that Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to wager in all your favorite sports, contests, and events with first-to-market odds and line. I know you've got a lot of different options out there, but stick with betonline.ag. You can find reviews and news of every league, including Major League Baseball, NFL, NBA, NHL, combat sports, esports, and even golf with the futures. Bet Online continues to be the top online resource for all your sports information from live in game betting, props, and futures. So head on to Bet Online today or use your phone or iPad or whatever you have just to join today and make your first bet with the promo code CLNS50. That's CLNS50 for a 50%, 50 whole percent welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet Online where the game starts. I, I'm not as high about the running game um, as you are. Like, I, I'm concerned about this. And I, I talked to uh, Jerron Harmon after practice today. He's now with the Raiders, obviously very familiar with the Patriots, spending 
2013 to 2019 with the them. Closer. Yeah, and I asked him just like, what, what do you see this Patriots offense is? Because you're familiar with, with Josh's offense, McDaniels. This is a little bit of a hybrid now. And he said physical. You know they want to be physical and they want to run the ball. They only called four designed run plays today in practice. Yeah. And that's because they stunk at it on Tuesday. And I, this is the thing where I know it's going to get better, but we're at a point late in training camp where I go, we've seen enough to know this might not be the strength we anticipated, despite an outstanding backfield, despite a deep, physical, big offensive line. I think it's just all the change in the playbook has affected the run game more than most. It doesn't need to be their foundation, but I'll probably go six and a half because it's now more on Mac shoulders than we expected. Right, I was expecting higher from you. Yeah, yeah. Right. The second beer was a little dramatic, but <laughs> <laughs> it, it's it, Mac can handle that. I think some point later in the season, but he's a guy also who we talked to last week is talking about the adjustments that they're enacting in this offense. A lot of conversation, and it's fluid between the coaches and the players. Mm -hmm. And I think that might all get settled and sorted out week five, six, and seven. But for week one. Miami, and this is more specific to the matchup, has the most returning talent on defense of any team in the NFL. And that is a high blitz team yep. that can play man coverage. And that's why yeah, those factors with secondary. the running game. Yeah. yeah. And I think that, you know, they've put a lot of stock in this first game, right? And this, a lot of eggs in this yeah. week one basket. The heat, um, which, you know, they loathe to talk about. But the fact that they're practicing out here. They've, they've, they've been in a training camp with two separate heat waves. So that helps. Yep. Um, they're practicing out here. They want to, they want to win that game. They, they want to, I mean, obviously you want to win every game. I sound like a moron, right? <laughs> but they really, they, they want to set a tone and they don't want, they don't want to, to, to have conditioning be the excuse why they lost that game. Yes. Like, so they want players going down to Miami and not being like, Oh, like we were when we got off the plane here in Vegas, like right. that wall of fire. Yeah, you yeah. Feel like. it's crawling back into the plane. Go, yeah. just give me another half hour. Don't right. Like, give me another Alaskan amber. <laughs> yeah. um, so they want, they want them to get off the plane and be like, "We're used to this. Like we're yeah. not, we're not going to be on the sideline like saying, where's our fan? Where's our this that?'" So I think there's a lot of eggs in that week one basket, and you know, it's 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 a big game it's a it's a it's a division game it's set up the way they want they want to be down there when it's hot because they're hot and they want the dolphins coming up here in january when when they're you know freeze their dorsal fins off and i'll say this because i think you kind of got close to the edge and then backed away from something i at least learned last night about the patriots preparations for miami which i'm not going to say here but they're not only putting didn't a lot catch of myself didn't yeah, I? yeah you did <laughs> <laughs> they're not only putting a lot of eggs into the basket for week one they're going to put um more effort into preparing for the heat this season opener than I think you've seen in recent years. And this is not anything sort of that's grand or a big secret or anything like that. It's a fairly normal practice. It's just smart, but it's different from yep. what they've done in the past. And we'll know soon when we get to the regular season. So for now I'm at a six and a half, but I, I think you're right. All signs point to, we struggled against Miami. We need to start fast. You're on the road. And this is a team you're going to be fighting with for a wild card spot. It just to kind of hang in there. You got to get this one. Let me ask you one question. Yeah. Uh, from today's practice. And and it, it, it stuck in the back of my head when they only did run four, four running plays. Like you said, we saw Damian leave practice early today. Mm -hmm. Was that a product of that? Or was that going to happen anyway? And like we saw Damian after practice, he didn't look any worse for the wear, but did something happen to Damian? And they're like, he's the lead back. 
you know what, let's go on a different direction and we'll, and we'll, we'll run these plays. First of all, I I just thinking too much about that. No, no, no. I'm thinking too much about the fact that I, I leaned up off this couch, which is making noises. And it sounds like I broke wind (laughs) in your room, but judging by your lack of reaction, the folks at home know nothing that happened. I'm used to that. Yeah. (laughs) I sat next to you in the press box. No. Um, so Damian Harris, I saw after practice mingling with all the other players, Raiders, former Patriots. He seemed fine. I think ultimately at this point in the calendar, you're going to take extra precaution with guys, whether it's resting them in the preseason or letting them walk off the field to take a break and go cool. Like Ty Montgomery did yesterday. Ty Montgomery had four catches on four targets today. Looked totally fine. Yesterday did not. I think Damian Harris, it was probably a precaution. The other part about that though, let's say Damian Harris misses the few games that we all expect him to miss. Yeah. I don't think the Patriots miss a beat with Ramondre Stevenson. Like I I think he showed signs last year that he might be a more naturally talented runner who is breaking tackles at a higher rate and has softer hands. And Damian Harris is a very good back, but as far as pass catching, he's still not a natural in that department. I think it unlocks more of that offense. So I'm not, I'm not too concerned. I would say you can't afford to lose too many more players. Like Aguilar also took off some time. Isaiah Wynn at right tackle. And, and they both came back, but I yeah. definitely know that Isaiah didn't go back into team drills. I can't remember exactly whether Isaiah, I mean, whether Nelson did or not. I don't think he did. He, he hung around the sidelines and went. And then he back. talked to us after practice and he didn't seem any worse yeah. for the wear. So I'm not concerned with that. I, maybe a little concerned with Wynn because he didn't go back in. Justin Haran kind of replaced him at right tackle, but you know, so. I'm sure it was a conversation they had before practice, right? Like if you're starting to feel something, don't push it, you know, like right. step back. Cause they're even taking, I, and I had never seen this. You've been on the beat though longer than I have. I don't know. Every 30 minutes in practice, they're stopping for four minutes and just kind of milling about and having a water and taking it easy. Yeah. I think that that that's probably, I haven't seen that either, but I think that's probably a product of this, this weather. I mean, this, yeah. this is, this is brutal heat. It really yeah. is like, it's it's funny we talked to Lawrence guy who's a Las Vegas native after practice on Monday, and you know we're just kind of warming him up, uh, no pun intended. And we're like, Lawrence, what's what's dry heat anyway? Because <laughs> it was humid out here Monday. Like it was like people say, you know, it's a one on one, but it's dry. And he had a great explanation. He's like, well, I live in Florida now, and it's humid all the time. He's like, when you're in dry heat, if you're in the sun and then you go to the shade, you can feel relief right away. Like it, it's almost immediately, skin doesn't feel like it's burning. He goes. Yeah. When it's humid, doesn't matter where you Forget go. Like it. it's humid, you know. It's yeah. you know you go in the shade, you're still humid. So um, I think that was a, a product of, of just how hot it was here, and just it was humid too. So I think they just wanted to, to juice up and and you know rehydrate and and make sure there weren't any you know cramps or anything like that. Yeah, I wouldn't I wouldn't put too much stock in this. Um, all right, I'll give you an option here. Are we? You want to look ahead to a couple of things on Friday, not knowing how much the starters are going to play yet. Or do you want to step back and recap anything that we might have missed about the last four or so weeks of training camp? That's important. Uh, Well, looking back, we didn't really touch on the secondary too much. Yeah. I thought it was kind of jaded because of the fact that, you know, we saw Devontae Adams for for two practices and he, no matter who they matched him (laughs) up with. It's not fair. Terrence Mitchell had one kind of pass breakup today. And Jalen Mills really acquitted himself well. Uh, in one-on-ones mm-hmm. he had a pass breakup and you know he had a chip on his shoulder because he was beaten like three times yesterday over three and he was three and oh today I, I, by yeah. my unofficial count and he, he you know he knocked he knocked one away from and he felt really good about that after practice today so um this secondary there's a lot of depth and this is going to sound uh almost oxymoronic it's not 
it's not it's good not depth. unbelievable depth, but the potential's there. Like you, you watch Jack Jones play, yeah, and he's one of these guys that can stick on a hip of a guy, and he's got the active hands. But he will have lapses, like we saw Isaiah Zuber beat him in one on one yesterday by just by a, a stop and go move, basically, and 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 he kept running. Their depth chart is like we have a lot of snacks. They're just wheat thins, you know? right? <laughs> but we right. have there's, a lot of wheat thins. But there's potential to be cheese its at yeah. that point, right? So, <laughs> so yeah, I, I I like that depth, you know. And this this franchise has a tremendous track record of, of developing cornerbacks, mm-hmm. right? You know, you can you can take your shots all you want out for the receiver right. stuff, but man, J.C. Jackson, Malcolm Butler, Jonathan Jones—I mean, all really good NFL cornerbacks that weren't drafted that they you know molded into into really good players. Miles Bryant, you know. Might not be in their league yet, but he's getting there. Um, now they've got two drafted guys, Jack Jones, who, mm-hmm. like I said, you know, he's been he's been hit or miss, but his hits have been really good. And, and Marcus Jones, you know, I think he's a little raw, but he's going to make an impact on special teams. But I think eventually he could be a slot cornerback in, in this league. He's just too quick um, to not kind of get it, especially if they're if they're coached up. Yeah, him and Miles Bryant were the reason that Jonathan Jones has been able to bounce outside. Like, you can't surrender that space over the middle where a nickelback is really a new starter in today's NFL. Like, yeah. you need a good player there. And I think yeah. they they feel like they had that Miles Bryant and Marcus Jones. Marcus Jones has kind of seeded some of those snaps and team drills back to Miles Bryant. But yeah. overall, they feel pretty comfortable with both of them. Yeah, and Terrence Mitchell, like you said, he, he, he got burnt today, but he also had an, a really nice play against Adams. Um, that's that another unfair matchup like yeah. everyone is against against Adams um, and you know I'm I'm a little high on Sean Wade who hasn't finished the last two practices but I thought he has shown some stuff in camp this year that yeah he's kind of a ball hawk you know he'll take some chances he's kind of a, a gambler and he'll get burnt on those but if you win some of them, you know, we are in Vegas. So I, had to, I, had, I had to throw a gamble. <laughs> you want to roll the dice with Sean Wade. Yeah, and, exactly. and you know what? It's funny. Sean Wade came up in the last podcast I did with Fitzy, and we did dueling roster projections. And he went on this thing about Terrence Mitchell is like your white, you know, polo and khakis. Like, you say, if you know what he is, you're probably good in most scenarios. But Sean Wade is just kind of like a shirt that's got some flair to it. You know, yeah. that payoff hits. You're walking down the street. Some woman grabs you on the arm. Or you're out dancing. And that payoff is worth it with yeah. Sean Wade. Right. gambling with the shirt and I, I left going oh that was kind of a funny bit and I thought about it some more I'm like you'd rather tap into that upside probably if you're the Patriots if you trust them on the outside and I think that's pretty much where he's played because yeah. they have so many slot defenders there yep. when you include Marcus Jones Miles Bryant Jonathan Jones even Joshua Bledsoe we've seen yep. over the slot and if he can acquit himself well enough on the outside you go we'll develop a little bit more I I might be on the hot pink Sean Wade t-shirt train or, or button down yeah as we move forward or you know even collar up maybe yeah yeah there we go throwback yeah. i'll have to ask him because we keep involving him in fashion and we don't know what the guy <laughs> actually prefers now if you want to talk fashion you got to go to devin godshaw because that, yes. that guy knows fashion yes he does all right and i know mailbag questions um mike from twitter wants to know which of the roster bubble guys have the best chance of making the team second question what in the world is happening at right tackle uh let me get the second one while i buy you some time to think about roster bubble guys have the best chance of making the roster uh isaiah wind is your starting right tackle until he is removed from the or or until he's traded away and their backup option right now is justin haran who gave up a sack and had a holding penalty um and allowed a pass to get tipped against max crosby which max crosby is a pro bowler who might be an all pro someday but that's their plan right now is to continue to rep isaiah wind as much as we might bat around the idea of moving into my guard or mike on who goes to right tackle that's what's happening isaiah wind has not had a good camp I don't know if he's particularly happy about the switch or the coaching, but ultimately I think they're going to go with their plan to stick with it. 
Let's not forget about Yad the Bod too. Like Yad the Bod. Yad's had his Yad Nika Justice had his best training camp, right? Which yeah. is it's not like making a you know a big prophetic statement because it's a wee thins kind of bar. Yeah, because <laughs> he's, he's had two you know injury plagued uh, years to start his career, but he has um, you know he's a big man, and you know it, you know Bill said he's had his he's kind of in that Anthony Jennings thing where he's he's out there every day he's stacking days together. He's kind of trying to shed that. Hey, I'm an injury prone guy and I can't stay on the field. Reputation. Yeah. So. Uh roster bubble guys. Who do you think has the best chance to make the roster? We might not be talking about. Brendan Schooler. Mm, yeah. Uh I I I love this kid. Like he, you know, he's literally that kid who plays with and I shouldn't say literally, people use that too much, but he plays with they his literally hair on, use yeah. it too much. They literally <laughs> use it too much. And I'm not gonna, but he figuratively plays with his hair on fire. I mean, he's yeah. just he's a great story. You know, he's he went to four different high schools. His father was a high school football coach, so they moved around three different colleges, two different positions. Now he's playing special teams. He told us yesterday um, that he had a private workout at Texas with, with Cam Acord and Joe Judge. They were like, you know, we want, we want to sign you. So when the draft, you know, he didn't get drafted. Um, they signed him. He's really stood out, especially on special teams. Um, I, I don't know how you not keep this kid on the roster because he sticks his face in everywhere. Yeah. Uh, and sometimes too much, which yeah. is the inciting the uh, second joint practice fights with Carolina. Yeah. But that's uh, that's here and gone. So for me, I think Schooler's in there, and it's funny because I think he almost started camp with the highest approval rating among beat writers because we all just saw him. We're like, oh, he's going to be the guy. We've seen the story too many times. Undrafted kid yep. plays hard, makes the roster, and they've also got some open spots for those core special teamers. Of course, Brandon Bolden now in Vegas, Brandon King gone as a defensive specialist. Uh, in Indianapolis per Adam Schefter. But there's another part of this where you go, okay. Where did he get that? Yeah, I don't know. Um, <laughs> but you you look and go, okay, Schooler fills one of those spots. The other spot where I'm going with this is also on special teams. Demarcus Mitchell, who I did a whole podcast about the roster bubble and roster projections. Fitzy went great last week. Um, but I didn't talk a whole lot about Demarcus Mitchell, who had a sack in the last preseason game. And again, not a lot of stock in the preseason. But – you're looking at their starting punt teams, both return and punt coverage today. He's on both those teams and starting alongside of Matthew Slater, Justin Bethel, and a Brendan Schooler, who is the punt protector instead of Cody Davis, who also looked like he might be getting a breather. Yep. LeBron Ray was my 54th player on the roster. We mean first cut. Second cut was Sean Wade, probably changing that up a little bit. But Demarcus Mitchell is quickly rising up for me to the point where he might be the guy where you go, we don't get what Bill's doing, but as Josh said, sometimes Bill has a foresight that none of the rest of us do. And that might be for DeMarcus Mitchell as a core special teamer, who's also got some pass rush. Yeah, uh, absolutely. I, I think he's, he has stood out. Um, you know, I think he's more athletic than people give him credit for, but yeah. I, I, I like the kid. Um, you know, you, you start seeing these guys every day. And you 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 know you know more than the average fan. I'm not saying that we know more than the average fan, but we're just there. Well, we're so paid we see, to, so yeah, we, we better know. We more see too. way more reps, reps and snaps than than most people do. So they might not know who Demarcus Mitchell is. They might not know who Brendan Schooler is. But yeah, we do. So yeah. we think these guys. You know, well, they might be strangers to most people, not to us. Yeah. All right. We'll wrap it up with this. Um, Andrew from the Pat's Interference Podcast wants to know what's Jim McBride's best Vegas advice. Best Vegas advice, go to the roulette table. <laughs> bet red or bet black. Stay away from the numbers. You're never going to get better odds than 50-50 in Vegas, right? Yeah. So you want to win some money? Go to the roulette table, pick a color, not a number. 
Okay, well, you're going to a baseball game. I, I guess, am now going to the roulette table. And I, I don't think I can send you a video of what happens, but I will update you on how that goes. Right. And uh, Zach Cox, who was supposed to join us, might have to put my money down because he had to bail. He was questionable, officially, on the injury report. Um, overworked, in parentheses, was the injury. <laughs> but uh, cheers to you. Thanks for coming cheers. on. We will do beers and more football again. All right. Thanks.